Hello and welcome to The Stinger, the superfan's guide to the latest in Marvel, Star Wars, and other nerd entertainment. Joining me on today's episode, swinging in on his web, he came here to record this podcast because it is his canon event. It's Trent Neely. How are we doing, Trent? Oh, so excited to talk about just a really fun, inventive, mind-blowing movie. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hop into this conversation or swing into this conversation. That's right. Yeah. Use the proper vernacular, man. <laughs> I Oh, my gosh. We were just talking about it. Today, we are here to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And I like, oh, my gosh, I can't wait to talk about this movie. This is uh, just like if you if you're tuning in right now. Buckle up because like this is this is uh this is gonna be an episode you don't want to miss. So, uh, you know what? I'll just say now: if you haven't seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, don't listen to this. Mo- most of the time, I'd be like, "Go ahead, listen anyway." I want you to watch this movie first because uh, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, it's uh it's a really entertaining movie. So go watch it, come back and listen to our full discussion. Um some uh some housekeeping items before we get into today's podcast um if you follow us on instagram uh if you don't actually go follow us on instagram at the stinger pod and if you do then you know that this week we have been running a bit of a bracket uh you know any anyone listening to this podcast back in the day knows we did a a bracket challenge on the podcast so i turned it over to everyone on social media this week we wanted to hear from you all on what was the best spider-man movie ever made um and we included the animated movies that we're talking about one of them today we included the tom holland movies the andrew garfield movies the toby Maguire movies and even the venom movies snuck in there um you know <laughs> thoughts on those movies may vary quite a bit uh and Today, we will announce the winner of our bracket. Our our final came down to Into the Spider-Verse versus No Way Home. So stay tuned because we will announce our winner at the end of this podcast. And uh, in terms of what you can expect from us coming up, um, next week, the debut of Marvel's Secret Invasion. You can expect some Secret Invasion coverage on this podcast. You can also expect us to cover Indiana Jones Mm -hmm. and the Dial of Destiny. That is coming up very, very soon. Um, And we're going to get into some of the other things that we have missed throughout this year eventually. Um, And I I, 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 uh, believe you will hear some coverage in some capacity on The Flash at some point which also comes out this week so um if those are if any of those things are things that you are excited to watch know that you will get our reaction to them on this podcast so all right i think that does our our little intro housekeeping items trent how are you feeling today ready to talk about spider-man oh i mean any day you get to talk about spider-man's a great day um you know yes, we, got, we got some stormy weather here in georgia but you know that that's great to just not you know settle in and just get nice and cozy in the podcast yes. booth here and just just get my thoughts i got spider-man right over my shoulder here that's like, right you know. that's right so i was so just no, thinking I'm that very excited to to hop on in here 
as am I. I you know, every every episode, Toby Maguire Spider Man is peering over your shoulder. And I just think he's smiling today, you know? Mm-hmm. I just I think he's looking down in absolute glee. Um all right. Let's get let's hop right into the discussion. So as we always do, let's slip on our Jedi robes and head into the council chamber to discuss everything there is to talk about with Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. And with that, Trent, give me your instant reaction. What did you like or not like about this movie? Yeah, so let's let's start with the positive as we always should. Um they they've upped the the visual ante in in this one. I mean, the um famously sort of I, I feel like we gotta talk a little bit about, you know, the legacy of Into the Spider-Verse first here, where it yes. was, you know, I mean, I remember when people forget now because that movie is just so, so ingrained in the culture now. But when that movie was announced and about to come out, people were like, what even is this? Sony's yeah. just like throwing all the spider people on one movie just to like try to make a commercial for itself. And, you know, the only thing sort of that had me vaguely interested in the back of my mind is I knew that Lord and Miller were attached and I mm-hmm. loved the Lego movie. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't think this movie's going to be good, but they're I like them a lot. So maybe yeah. that that means something. And then you started to hear these things of like the the initial screening started happening and people were like, this movie's like good. And people were like, superhero movie good. And they're like, no, this movie's just kind of good. Um, yeah. And then and then as the weeks kept rolling on, like people were like, no, like this movie is just unironically great. And people who like hated superhero movies or animated movies were like, this movie is great. Um, and it's sort of you know bucked the trend because you know pixar and disney like that animation style Mm -hmm. usually dominates this whole landscape and here you have this movie doing its whole unique brand of animation and it wins the best animated film oscar like it it totally just owns that conversation that year um and yeah they they do do a story with great fan service and fun visual action but also the emotional story and arc for miles is just like arguably one of the best origin stories ever made question mark like um, it's just it's just amazing. And so the bar was definitely really high for this one. Yeah, I want to I'm going to actually stop you right there so that yeah. we can we can dwell on this a little bit more. Great point. Like we can't we can't really talk about this movie without talking about the first movie. Um, and it was such an interesting time because you're right. Sony, first of all, like. After the Andrew Garfield, after the second Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie, I feel like the trust of any Spider-Man movie coming from Sony, it was very low. Plus, you had the MCU had had come out with Spider-Man Homecoming, and we had seen Spider-Man in other MCU movies. So it's like, I remember for me at the time thinking like, why why do we even need this? I I'm not, and 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 that was before I even I think realized that this movie was centering around Miles Morales. Like I, I didn't realize it was a different version of the character, and so I'm just like, why why are we getting a uh, an animated spider-man movie when we have spider-man in the mcu plus you talk about lord and miller they also around the same time like a uh a year probably prior were uh fired from solo mm-hmm. and and so you have that whole debacle there's just it, it just didn't it seemed like a doomed project in my mind and i remember seeing it in blacksburg it was our senior year at virginia tech mm-hmm. and going to the theater being like i don't know our i i like you know it's a friday night whatever sure let's go watch the new spider-man movie and being absolutely blown away 
like absolutely blown away no it was crazy and then like I, I feel like from then on it's sort of like for for you and me being in college during that time it sort of dominated like a lot of the the social scene of college at least in, yes in, in my circle like the rest of that time like people were playing the soundtrack everywhere you went yeah i think the last time i watched into the spider-verse front to back actually was when we were at like a friend gathering near yes. the end of our senior year and one of our friend moscano friend of the show like played it on a projector at somebody's yep. like house party i yep. think that's the last time i watched it it was like two weeks before graduation um same same i that was the last time i had seen it too and then i watched it or most of it before seeing the second one uh when i saw across the spider-verse a couple weeks ago so it, it the you're right the the cultural impact that it had was bigger than I think maybe we remember now because there's so many superhero movies and because like, you know, six months later we got Endgame. So it's mm-hmm, like, yeah, you know, right. it, it kind of gets trapped in time a little bit. But like, this movie was not just a good movie. It was people people legitimately argue Into the Spider-Verse being the greatest comic book movie of all time. And that's no like that's not me exaggerating. People say that. No, James Gunn in an interview like three weeks yeah, ago, he yeah. was listing his five favorite comic book movies and he he pulled from, you know, different decades. He pulled from graphic novels that aren't even co- and then he picked Into the Spider-Verse as his number one like yeah. comic book based movie. Yeah. And and I can't say I blame him. When I rewatched it, I forgot how magical it was. Like I it's I had so forgotten good. how like it's so pure and so like just enthralling of a origin story that it's almost like it's like it's almost like in a league of its own well i think what makes it so great that people sometimes don't talk about is like one of the criticisms you sometimes hear of superhero origin movies is like the front half is the origin yeah and then they have to rush the second half to be like the first confrontation with the villain whereas into the spider-verse because they have so many other spider people miles really doesn't finish his origin till like literally right yes. before the third act and yes. i think that helps so much and that's what made the what's up danger scene like so oh. iconic is that like that moment of him finally embracing that identity and like it's so cathartic and joyful i think i said on real underdogs actually that that was one of my favorite movie scenes i forget if i said of the decade or of all time yeah. but it, but yeah. either either one sticks it's just such a perfect scene of like fist pumping like yes like yes yes it it, it gives me goosebumps honestly every time i rewatch that scene it's just so well executed on i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now man like it's so it's so good because there's something about how well the story is told in the first one how deeply you come to love miles Mm -hmm. coupled with the like just incredible animation um, in a way, you know, each, each, you know, that moment of him jumping off the building is like just so cinematic and beautiful and epic that it just fits the story so well. And, you know, animation allows you to just be more creative and probably flex a little bit more. You know, yeah. you, you could just flex a little bit more with the 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 certain shots that you fit into a movie. And so I, I just really I appreciated that running it back to Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe let's flip over to to the movie we're here to talk about today. All right, we'll we'll start over again. Trent, what's your instant reaction to this movie? Yeah, so instant reaction, um, beautiful animation once again. Although at times, I I was there was there was so much awesomeness happening and so many different animation styles that like 
I felt like there were moments, not the entire time, but mm-hmm. moments where like my brain's like, I can't process everything yeah. that I'm seeing. And so I did get sort of overwhelmed. That's not really a criticism. That's just more of an observation and an effect for me. That's just my experience. Um, but, but yeah, no, I credit to the animators for, you know, doing things that we've never really seen before, at least on this scale. Um, once again, the soundtrack, I mean, the soundtrack for the first movie, I don't like we talk about movie scores on here a lot. I don't yeah. remember the last time I owned a movie soundtrack until into the spider verse. And once yeah. again, the soundtrack for this is also great. I can't wait to go back and like, Ooh, I loved that song from this one scene. Where is it? Like, let me find it again. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. can't wait for that feeling. Uh, the voice actors once again are outstanding. Um, yeah. Haley Steinfeld's great as Gwen. I thought, especially in this one, um, Rita Morales is really strong in terms of the new people. Daniel Kaluuya, I think, is my favorite yeah. new spider person we meet in Spider-Punk. Oh, He's yes. just so, like, witty and doesn't care about anything in the best way. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I thought it was great. Um, my, my only, my drawback, I'm going to be one of these people. I've, se- I've seen it slowly starting to creep up on the internet. I don't, I don't know how much this movie stands on its own. I, it feels like the first part of a movie. I don't think you will mm. be able to view across and beyond the Spider-Verse as two distinct entries. I think they have to be viewed as two halves of one mm. giant story. And, and, and so it, it did bug me where we sort of leave things off and the pacing of things a little bit. And so I think, yeah. to be clear, this movie's still great, but that's what keeps me from loving it as much as the first one and and the praise and the love, the, the level of love I'm seeing from a lot of people online. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And like, you also, what you said about the animation, um, it's not just you. I've seen it from other people too. I, I have seen other people online or heard on podcasts, people complain that... Uh, there at moments there was too much going on and that is i think that is just a quality of these movies that people might brush up against some mm-hmm. people will love it and others won't it's like that isn't that's just a definite quality that like they chose to go the comic book route in animation and it did redefine animation and so them getting as creative as possible like it's it's going to be overwhelming at times um so i think that's a valid like critique you bring up um as for my view of this movie uh i gosh i have been so excited so like i i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be really emphatic here but this movie has jumped the spider-verse franchise into like elite company i'm talking like lord of the rings Mm. and and star wars original trilogy like it is it i know we haven't even gotten the third iteration yet but just these first two movies i'm like this is special this is this is not your average comic book movie this is like um obviously the like we've talked about already the animation is spectacular and it's groundbreaking and it this is something i forgot to mention earlier with into the spider-verse but it's it, it's influential because now you're seeing other f- animated filmmakers copying mm-hmm. spider-verse's style like yeah. I was, there was that Kid Cudi movie last year that I've never that I haven't seen on Netflix yet, but that like was Kid Cudi and oh. Timothy in it, and it's like it, it's like a romantic comedy yep. slash underdog story, but it's it's totally in the vein of Spider Verse. Is that the? It's called Intergalactic. Maybe? Yes, yes, that, yeah, yeah, yes. Thank you. That's what yep. I was trying to think of. I, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. I was watching. Um, I started Star Wars Vision season two this weekend as well. 
And the first episode of that looks like, I mean, it looks exactly like a page out of out of Spider Verse's book. Um, you know, the new I didn't see it, but the new Puss in Boots uh, movie apparently oh, yeah. also is very influenced by Into the Spider Verse animation. Great, great movie in its own right as well. Like, cannot. I, I still I, need I, to see it. I'm not being like ironic. I'm not being like funny for the internet. Like, genuinely, like what, like in retroactively now, and like my top 15 movies from 2022. Like, wow. Okay. All right, I do need to check it out. I, I do. I truly do want to. But back to what I was saying, the animation being as spectacular as it is, that that obviously sets the foundation of how great these movies are. But I, I would argue that the story that they are telling with Miles and Gwen is not only is it like up there with the with the other Spider-Man stories we get from you know, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies or, or the Tom Holland ones. I think those are the best, like, Peter Parker stories. I don't... It's not only on par, but I actually think in the second movie, it is becoming, like... Uh, it's it's transcending what we typically get. It is actually, like... It is trying... It is telling us... It is getting us to question, like, what does it actually mean to be Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. Whereas we've, like, Spider-Man himself like the character of spider-man is almost a trope now because we've gotten so many versions of him that they're now challenging what does it mean to be Mm spider-man and i think they're doing it in such a clever way and i just think it's 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 a beautiful film i loved it so much um so with that let's talk about let's talk about how this movie starts Mm -hmm. we get a very long time of chunk of the movie that we don't even see miles morales like we start in gwen's universe and we stay there for a while so so what'd you think of that yeah i mean i definitely thought in into the spider verse that spider gwen probably behind it it was like behind miles and maybe peter b parker she was my favorite character in the first film and Mm -hmm. so i was like oh good like they're they're doubling down like hayley steinfeld's a great actress and Mm -hmm. that character's super interesting um and so, yeah, I was totally down to be in her world. And I, I liked what they did because we we got the the sort of the bullet points of her origin in the first movie where she says she's like, you know, I lost my best friend and we see the, the silhouette of the lizard and like kicks him and then like he dies. But mm-hmm. like we didn't actually see like what that meant for her emotionally. So to see that play out of, oh, my gosh, I inadvertently like didn't kill my best friend but sort of caused his death and then my yeah. dad thought i actually murdered him and now yeah. looking for me i think that's super great and it because the first movie there's this thing of she's like i don't do friends anymore because it's like oh yeah she lost peter parker but also it's like no she lost her best friend and her dad like wants yes. to arrest her like that will yes. give somebody some serious trust issues yeah um, and so so yeah i think that totally set up her emotional place where she starts why she sort of emotionally withdrawing for miles at least we think that's the reason she's withdrawing from miles until we learn some stuff later but um yeah i think it totally works to set up um a character arc for her that makes her as compelling a protagonist as miles honestly i was super down with everything they did with um gwen in this movie totally agree with everything you said especially he is she is just as interesting as miles in this in this movie and to me um in every other spider-man movie we get a love interest for mile or for for spider-man um who mainly just serves as spider-man's love interest and gwen is gwen is miles love interest but she is more than miles love interest she is her own fully formed character she is on the hero's journey almost at the same speed that miles is on 
mm-hmm. and um, maybe even a little bit ahead because she's been Spider Woman longer than he's been Spider Man. And I, I really love that, and I think it's a fresh take and different. Where like Miles is in this movie, you know, we get we start to get Miles' a story, and. It, it felt very reminiscent of some of the other like second installments of Spider-Man, like like Tobey Maguire and Spider-Man Two trying to make pizza runs and uh, deliver, you know, pizza time, baby. He's trying, you know, he's trying to just make his little pizza delivery runs and and manage that and being Spider-Man. Tom Holland is trying to manage being a high school student and being Spider-Man, right? And then Miles is struggling through some of the same things. But when Gwen comes into the, his world, it's like this incredible, fresh new idea of like, oh, he has a he has a buddy. Like he has someone who gets it, mm-hmm. someone who is going through this with him that he can relate to. Um, and I, I actually think it propels both of their characters forward. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, no, it's, it's great stuff. And man, Miles my, my are just so great too because I, I didn't realize until I was thinking about it today, but I'm like, it's so great that both his parents are alive. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. great great in general, but also yeah. just like so much of Spider-Man's thing usually is like, you know, that grief and that loss and what that does to him. But I love that this story is like Miles' parents are struggling with it's like, how do you let your kid be their own person yep. to, to a certain degree once they've reached that weird age where it's like they're almost an adult, but they're not. But also, you know, you don't, let them hurt themselves and all these things. I thought Miles's mom's speech where she's oh. like, Oh my gosh. Like Emily like was legit tearing up in the theater. Like yeah. she was just like, Ugh. it's just such a good speech of like, no, like I've protected you for so long and that's why, but now it's your job to protect that inner kid. I just oh, thought that was such a beautiful man. message. That's like, yeah, like growing up is about being responsible, but you're still, you still should protect and cherish like that core element of innocence and joy yeah. and purity and i thought that was such a beautiful message that honestly i've been thinking about like all day today and i just really? saw it last night yeah oh, man. i'm just like that uh, might have like a profound impact on like my life maybe i don't know it but might it just, yeah it, um i just thought that was really well done and, and you know the thing of like i'm gonna unground you for now but then like when you're back you're grounded like it was just yes it was, it was so <laughs> real and authentic yeah um no i i love miles's parents so much in in these in these two movies yeah and similarly I felt very um so so the I I love that scene between Miles and his mom but I also and I feel like this one that hasn't been talked about as much in what I've seen I love the scene between him and his dad mm-hmm. uh because he doesn't know he's talking to his own son and so and Brian Tyree Henry is just I freaking love him as an actor and he's so good in this role playing Miles's dad because He's externally processing to his son why it's hard being a parent. Yeah, he's like, you think you're just gonna figure it out, and then bam, like you have no idea what you're doing, and it's just yes. like, aw, like that's so honest. Like it's so honest and so real, and like and to your point earlier, like because Peter Parker's parents are dead in every other Spider-Man movie we see, like we never get to we never get to hear a moment like this. Like we've never seen what it's like to parent Spider-Man, and I just think that's really special that this movie does that. Um. So so, Spider Man, Miles Morales, and Spider Woman, Gwen Stacy, they're they're reunited, mm-hmm. uh, and they're swinging around. And I I just gotta point out, honestly, this might be the scene that I that I've like thought back to the most. 
But that scene of them on the clock tower. Dude, and like it, the camera flips when they yep. like walk under the thing. Like yep. that that shot. Ooh, ooh. Goosebumps, man. Like so good. It's so good. No, oh and my I, and gosh. I remember, I think it was Amy Pascal said like, it was like describe across the Spider-Verse you know it in one sense and she's like it's a it's a love story and like that yeah. that scene is where it's like oh no this is like a romantic comedy romantic drama with yeah with us with a sci-fi b plot but like the emotional heart of the story is the relationship between miles and gwen oh absolutely um and i th- and i think that that yeah i agree that whole montage of them swinging around and the, the song is perfect there yep. and then ending up on that clock tower and you know miles puts his hand out and she's like oh yeah you know it's always Gwen falling for for um, yeah. Spider Man, and then it, but then it never works out, and you just see him like pull that hand back, and you're like, ooh, <laughs> oh, it, oh my gosh, it crushes me, man. It's it's devastating because that's what's so cool about it is like you know, to to what I was saying earlier, like they are figuring this out. They're both figuring out their their life as as this super powered teenager at the same time. And they're trying to figure out like love for the first time too, and mm-hmm. that's just really, really special. Um, and the that the it's just the shot, man. It's the shot of them sitting upside down, looking over the city. is is gonna live rent free in my head for a long time. No, I I feel like for some for some kids that's gonna be in in its own way as iconic for them as like the Toby upside down kiss, like you know, oh my gosh, is yeah. for our generation. Like yes. that, it's gonna be its own thing. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. And I um this you mentioned the song. Like it, that's uh I'm not going to lie. I've been hitting that Metro Boomin Spider-Verse soundtrack nonstop and I think it's self-love that's playing during that scene mm-hmm. and got that's that's on repeat. Mm-hmm. It's on repeat it's, it's right so, now. Like I literally it, like I my brain got distracted and took me out of the movie for a second where I was like I was registering the movie but I was also like I'm about to replay this song <laughs> like yes, so bro. much for the it's next so couple months. Good. It's so good. Yes. Um, so I want to also, uh, I, I'm going to divert us for a moment to talk about our first villain. Yeah. That is introduced and that is the spot. Yes. What'd you think? What'd you think about the spot, man? I cannot describe how much I love the spot. And this is like, <laughs> like for, firstly on a primal level, I was, I was going to love him because he's voiced by Jason Schwartzman, which yes. people would probably most famously know in like the fan universe is Gideon Gray from Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, oh. Also, he's collaborated with Wes Anderson a couple different times. Interesting. Um, um, but yeah, he's great. Um, and and just like I love, you know, we were we were talking in Guardians Three of like you love villains that are like purely evil, but you also love the ones that are complex. And I love that the spot starts as just this dorky <laughs> dude who, yes. who like doesn't know what he's doing. He's like trying to rob the ATM, but he's like grabbing potato chips and stuff instead. Yeah, and, and and but he's he at the same time you there is a logic to him of he's like, hey man, I was just a scientist doing stuff. And then yeah. you chucked a bagel at my face, by the way. I love it. <laughs> Which is crazy. One of my favorite jokes from the first movie and made it like the, the central seed of the origin of the villain I, for this I one. I couldn't believe it, man. Um, No, and it, it's great. And But then like the spot's ridiculous, but then he also just leans into the full on nihilism of it of like, oh, if nothing matters, I'm just going to get as powerful as I can. No, I, I genuinely love everything about the spot. And I think it's the perfect villain to counteract Miles's whole emotional journey of like how do i balance family friends myself spider-man and then it's just this villain who's just like i just want to assimilate power and like destroy everything else um 
No, he I, has I nothing. Think it works perfectly. Yeah. He has nothing. It's like kind of the he's the spot is almost like you know what um we see Peter Parker as in all the other movies. Like the the spot has been left with nothing. No family, no purpose, nothing. And Miles seemingly has everything, right? Um I loved Jason Jason Schwartzman, is that the actor? Schwartzman, name? yeah. So he also voices uh the our I can't remember the character's name, but the mailman, the main character in Klaus. Yes. Um and that's Jesper. Jesper, yes, Jesper. And I just love that movie so much. So I was like happy to happy to hear his voice again. <laughs> Haley pointed out to me, I was like, where do I know his voice? And she's like, Oh my god, that's Klaus. I'm like, yes. Um, so the fact it, it, you know, we'll get we'll get into what he becomes later. I I found that I found I found his evolution as a villain just like crazy in this yes. movie. It just yes. like it, it it's it's supposed to be kind of goofy and zany, but it is uh my favorite joke is like the villain, like you're barely the villain of the week. Man. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, that got me so good. Like so funny. Another thing that I love about this movie that it perfectly almost almost always perfectly balances like comedic moments with the right uh leaving room for the right like dramatic or emotional moment mm-hmm. um and that scene with the spot here so um let's talk about uh we'll get we'll we'll dip our toe into the waters of the of the multiverse here because gwen and miles enter through uh the portal mm-hmm. and they hop over to india or um mumbatan mumbatan is what we're is what we're calling it. Yeah, another another universe. And um we meet Spider-Man India. And uh this is also where we meet Spider Punk eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh what Trent, what'd you think about this whole sequence in Spider-Man India? Yeah, I mean it it was so great to see just this fusion of New York and um New York and India. Um, because you know, last year one of the big movies that sort of went everywhere internationally was RRR. And yeah, so there's yeah. sort of been this renewed interest online, especially in the movie community, in like, you know, Bollywood, Tollywood, Indian culture and cinema in general. So it was really cool to get that flavor again um here. And I loved that Spider Man India was voiced by I was like, who is this? And then I realized I was like, yeah. it's Dupinder from Deadpool, the, yes. the cab driver. Yes. And I was like, he's he's so perfect for this. Yes. And I love that he's just like, oh yeah, I work out a little bit, but I don't need to because I have six pack abs and I like I don't need to try hard in school, but I do anyway because that's what we do. Like yeah, just his <laughs> his so overconfidence, awesome. but also he's still super charming. Um is great. Um no, I just loved the look of everything for that character in that world and then Spider Punk. Oh my gosh! I mean, Spider Punk yeah. is just like the coolest. I'd like, yeah. And I don't, I don't mean like that. Like, there's no character, that's, but I just mean like in terms of pure cool. Like, oh, Spider- he's awesome. He, like, you me? know, he shreds a shield with an electric guitar. Like, I mean, wh- what else do you need to know? Um, and, he, and he's like, <laughs> I love being a superhero, but also I can't care about anything. But also, I love that I'm a contradiction. Like, contradictions are awesome. Um, yeah. So just every word out of Daniel Kaluuya's mouth is, is perfect. He was killing it, man. He was absolutely killing it. I um I this sequence I actually you're not going to hear me nitpick much in this in this movie. But this is actually I think where I I don't know if it was feeling overwhelmed, but there were moments where I was kind of waiting for the action to stop mm-hmm. so yeah. that we could so that we could like have a moment to like feel the repercussions of what just happened. Like, and Mm -hmm. I think especially in this scene, it's, you know, like 
their own like Gwen and Miles's own like lack of experience and and just like they're fresh to the job you know what I mean like especially Gwen being roped into the the spider society um she doesn't know what she's doing really she's only been there like two months so they're inexperienced tracking this guy down and then like they're gonna be guilt tripped later uh by Jessica Drew for you know Gwen following her feelings for miles and letting this villain get out of the loose, which is a great story thread. Mm-hmm. Um, it led to the spot becoming this like multiversal villain, this very scary multiversal villain. And it has like great repercussions on the rest of this movie. And so it felt like the action dragged on a little bit too much in this scene to me. Cause I feel like at some point, like we got, we got to like, breathe in what just happened yeah yeah it, there there was a lot just flying past there's like you know buses crashing people are going into a collider and then yeah. everything's crashing and then it's like okay now we're in like new Eva york and it's like wait what like right right exactly like that that was a lot to process just there i did i did absolutely love spider-man india and spider-punk those those are excellent additions to uh the the spider-verse cast they're incredible yeah, you already mentioned it. Hobie Brown, man, that that dude's the man. Like he, you know, he's he's sticking up to the system. He's sticking it to the man. You know, like I just I, I'm down with it. Um, so we we then get taken to uh, Nueva York, and we learn a lot of information. We learn a lot of information here. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, before we get to like before we get to like the plot heavy stuff, um. We took we take a grand tour mm-hmm. of Nueva York and uh, Spider Society. So maybe just hit me, hit me with a few of your favorite cameos and Easter eggs here. Um, I mean, I I feel like the the one that jumped out to me first that blew my mind was we got Donald Glover. Yes, and not, like not animated, like actual Donald Glover, which is <laughs> a reference to awesome. both Homecoming, where he is the Prowler, but also he was the original at least visual inspiration, if not just inspiration in general for Miles Morales. So that was yep. a great way to just bring that whole thing full circle. Yes. Um. So that was great. Um, Spider-Man from PS4 shows up and like they're passing a bunch of other video oh. game characters and he's like, hey, I like video games too. That was amazing. I actually missed that. Um, We, we got we got clips of Toby and Andrew in there. Yes. That, that yep. was fun. Yep. Um. Uh, oh my my favorite one was and my other favorite was the the 60s spider-man cartoon where he's like swinging at miles and he's like oh i pulled something and like it just because it was that stock animation style where they couldn't move the characters as much back then um yeah i think those are my favorites and then uh you know andy samberg gotta give him the shout out ben riley just everything like i have you trapped in my musculature form (laughs) like so good so good um no it, it it was a lot and and there's some narrative exposition stuff in this in this scene that i think drags out and hurts the movie's pacing mm. but in terms of a pure just like spider-man fan getting to fully see and embrace like the entirety of the spider world w- was awesome on a, on a primal level for sure it was a feast a visual feast for the eyes it was amazing my so a couple of my favorites uh I did. I didn't know this until after both of these. I didn't know till after the movie. But when uh, there's a Spider-Man that drops down and he's like, "You got nowhere to run," and Miles turns around and runs the other way, and he's like, "I, I lied. I was wrong. You did have somewhere to run." That was Metro Boomin, who produces the soundtrack for the movie, voicing that Spider-Man. So that was cool. Nice. He got his own Spider-Man. And then <laughs> what I love the most that I have seen on social media in the past two weeks that people have pointed out that I definitely did not catch in the theater. 
is that at one point there is a spider popsicle. <laughs> there is a Spider-Man popsicle like you would buy from the ice cream truck mm-hmm. that's just swinging around in New Ava, York. And it's my favorite thing ever. I saw I saw a TikTok last night. It was like it was just a picture of the Spider-Man popsicle. And it was like, wait, what was his canon event? And then it cuts to a picture of him standing next to a Ben and Jerry's pint of ice ice cream spilt over. And it goes, R.I.P. Uncle Ben. Oh, Ugh. my gosh. Perfect. <laughs> that was just oh my gosh i loved it so much so yeah this whole sequence was just super fun the donald glover thing made me so happy and it just also i'm like can we get him in the mcu please like come please i'm begging you kevin feige make it happen um all right but you did so so you did mention like you felt like this sequence dragged the movie a little bit with little uh, bit. with pacing. So t- talk about that. So so I guess we need to talk about like the big sort of narrative revelation here is that yes. Spider-Man 99, uh, Miguel O'Hara, played mm-hmm. by the beautiful Oscar Isaac, who's amazing, yes. Um, yes. is like, so there's canon events that happen to each Spider-Man and like these things need to happen. Um, you know, a police captain dies and Uncle Ben figure dies, stuff like that. Um and and the bit the big thing is that Miles has created a problem by saving Spider-Man India's girlfriend's father, who is a police captain. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this scene, I'm just like, it fe- it felt like we spent seven minutes of just repeatedly being like explaining like the Uncle Ben's need to die. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, but we as all Spider-Man fans know this. And then also in the first Spider into the Spider Verse movie, they talked about this like when when. Miles loses Uncle Aaron. Like they all say, it's like, yeah, we all know this pain. Like this is what happens. It's mm-hmm. like for me, it was my Uncle Ben. For me, it was my Uncle Benjamin. And then Quinn's like, it was my best friend. Like, yeah, like yeah. they already addressed that. Like shared grief is already a thing for the Spider People. And so I felt like the movie just over doubled down on being like, look, here's all these Spider People, and all of them have their own tragic thing. And I felt like the movie could have just done it a little bit faster. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and I was just like, I don't know. I just felt like before we get to the actual chase scene in Nueva York, I was just like, what are we doing? Like, we're not learning yeah. really a bunch of new things about the plot, the world, or the characters. We're just like experiencing this feast, which is yeah. awesome. But I'm like, it's not moving things forward for me. Yeah, that's fair. I actually did, and I felt like the um, I think is it called the Web of Destiny that something uh, like that Spider Man twenty ninety nine explains. I I did feel like um a little confused about the rules of the Web of Destiny. Like did did you wh- catch by the way that Loki reference in there too, where it was the you know like in the TVA the branched reality things before it turns into the Web of Destiny. It's yes. the it's yes, the, it's the sacred timeline, right? Yeah, it's the it's the branched thing. Yeah, from the, the branched TVA. sacred timeline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did catch that, which also makes me very happy, very intrigued. Love to see the interconnectedness there. And and you know, we haven't gotten a Tom Holland cameo yet. We haven't. And the third one's called Beyond the Spider-Verse. I we could maybe get into this later, but I'm like this could open some things. I, I've got some I've got some theories about that cuz I've heard some rumors. So we we'll get into that later, but I I'm very excited about that possibility. I I I did feel like yeah, like why what what is it about the police chief figure in all of these spider-man uh lives that that is so central like that that it has to happen um they explained it but i just i i felt like it it still didn't quite make sense to me um and 
I, yeah, I, I, I think, I think that they could have done a better job at getting us there faster. Mm-hmm. As as you've kind of already pointed out, because I didn't feel I I don't know if I felt the same way that you felt, but because I I was like so I was just so caught up in the moment of everything happening, like the the animation being so spectacular and 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 all of these fun cameos that it was enough for me to be satisfied. However, I was like when we see Spider Man twenty ninety nine, I'm like we we haven't seen him since the beginning of the movie, and. Our, he was he was the post credit scene of the last movie, so I know he's supposed to be a big deal. Um, I definitely know he's supposed to be a big deal. So why is it that right now we're getting him? Because um, it seems because like I'm in my head, I'm I'm doing the math. I'm like we we're about two thirds of the way through the movie here. So like, why haven't like if he's supposed to be the antagonist, which it seems like they're setting up, why haven't we gotten more of him? Um, mm-hmm. And I actually thought when we got to the end of the movie, I was like, oh dear God, like how much more of this movie is left like i it, it, there's there hits a point with some of these marvel movies now where i'm like how long how long did this really have to be mm-hmm. and instead we get a cliffhanger we can get to that later but mm-hmm. um how'd you how'd you feel about the character of spider-man 2099 i i yeah i, I super great that it's like you know peter b parker's like oh yeah he's the one without any sense of humor like he's just like a ninja <laughs> vampire yeah assassin but he's a good guy or something that they call him which is great um yeah i mean i i feel like at the end of the day like how he works in beyond the spider-verse is really gonna make or break like whether i find the character actually interesting or if i find him interesting purely as like a gimmick of like oh he's Hmm. the angsty one if that makes sense yeah um that's fair because i feel like right now given the time what you're saying the weird way they sort of pace out his appearance in this movie it's sort of just like he's just meant to be the scary one and i'm like i don't know how i'm supposed to feel about you as a as a character yet so i one oscar isaac voicing him is awesome like it's perfect i i also we we don't really ever get to see oscar isaac in like an antagonist role and i i personally am enjoying him uh in an antagonist role here uh you mentioned it earlier, like we we talked about this with Guardians Three, right? Like sometimes the villain doesn't have to be the the one that we emotionally connect with. Sometimes they can just have a purely evil motivation, and uh, and and that still be effective. To me, that I that's how I felt Miguel O'Hara was in this movie. Is like interesting. I saw him more as dude is hell bent on one thing and one thing alone his life mission is now to protect this web of destiny and he will do whatever it takes to do so his motivation is clear to me and he's he's in a position of power and because of that he is like literally like almost manipulating all of the other spider people involved because i think where it becomes especially effective is seeing what he has done to peter b parker into gwen stacy because mm. they are clearly conflicted whereas like in into the spider-verse like if you were to if you were to tell me like they would be conflicted on helping miles in this movie i'd be like what on or why like that doesn't make sense like they they're they're supposed to be a they're supposed to be like a little family after the first movie but i think miguel o'hara's like truly like kind of brooding presence kind of explains that to me mm-hmm. that, yeah that makes sense um however i get like i i can see where the third movie has to justify it you know because we didn't get that much of them here Mm -hmm, right 
Um, okay, so we get a chase scene on the train. What do you, you think about that? Awesome. I mean that that entire chase sequence is great. I it took them multiple years to animate it. I think they said like two or three years. Really? Or something. Yeah, because it's just oh so many characters gosh. and so many different things. Um, and and yeah, we get our next big plot reveal. We should talk about. I guess that like yes. Miguel is like you are the original anomaly, Miles. Like the spider that bit you was not from your dimension. It was from another dimension. Yeah. And so now the dimension that spider is from is from another universe. Like you were never meant to be Spider-Man. Um, and it's just like, Ooh, that's heavy. Cause every other, like we talked about sort of every other Spider-Man story, every other spider person story, it's been, you know, a spider bit them because it was their fate to be. And now we learn yeah, that yeah. miles is the one case where it wasn't, it wasn't true. Um, and we also learn that, you know, his dad's meant to become captain. We learned at the very beginning of the movie. And so miles has this realization of, Oh no, my dad's becoming a captain. Yep. Like, if that's if if this is a canon event that means he is meant to die isn't he and they're like yeah and you gotta let it happen and he's like yep. why um yep. and yeah it's it's so great um one of the things i love about miles journey in this movie is he starts the movie being like i miss my friends from the first movie i, I i'm kind of tired of being on my own but then by the end of this he's like okay my friends are trying to stop me from saving my dad and so i'm gonna decide what being spider-man means to me even if yeah. that means I have to strike out on my own and go yeah. against my friends. And I think yeah. that's just so, so perfect. And that yeah. leads beautifully yeah. into the final twist of the movie, which I'm sure we'll get into oh, shortly gosh, here. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the scene, there's a couple scenes in here I just want to highlight real quick before we move on. Is And that is, first, it's the, well, well I'll hit on what you just talked about. Like, Miles saying everyone lately has been telling me how my story is supposed to go nah i'm gonna do my own thing that that was just awesome what an awesome moment it, it felt not on par but similar to the scene of him jumping off the building and in, in the first movie because this is just it, it is this is now where the rubber meets the road of miles he's he's choosing i'm a challenge i'm gonna challenge the archetype i'm gonna see if i can be spider-man and still like retain what I love, retain and save the people that I love and be Spider-Man and not watch everything crumble apart because of that. So, and then we get, yeah, we'll talk about the reveal later that challenges that notion as well. The other scene that I love though, is Peter B. Parker and Mayday approaching miles in the middle of the chase scene. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, and they find him alone and Peter B. Parker telling miles like you're the reason i had my daughter like you're the reason i had a kid mm -hmm. i just, that was really heartwarming to me no i mean peter b parker like i realized today like i feel like his arc through the whole trilogy is gonna wreck me because in the first movie it's yeah. like i don't want kids and then yeah. he gets to the place of having kids and then this movie is all about if you like i think it's sort of meta about like a parent trying to protect their kid so hard that they make the yeah. mistake of like he makes the mistake of trying to protect miles so he lies to him and yes. tries to force yes. a decision he doesn't need. And then he's like, yes. crap, I was trying to keep my kids safe, but was that the right thing? And then yeah. the third movie is like, even when Miles thinks I'm against him, I'm going to go look for him and rescue him. Because that's like what a parent's oh. love means. Like that oh. that full fatherhood journey for him, I think, is going to be really emotional actually by the end. Oh my gosh, man. Beyond the Spider-Verse. Extremely, extremely. Also, Mayday, love Mayday. Mayday's Mayday, great. Mayday's so cool. 
She just got little, her little knitted like cap, and she she's just ready yes. to go. She's always down. Little baby Spider Woman, like come on now, that's that's dope. Um, all right, you want to talk about the next twist? So so Miles appears to go back to his universe. Mm-hmm. Tell, do, walk, walk us through that 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 moment for you, Trent. Yeah, so it's like he appears to go back, and I'm like, hold on, like something doesn't feel right, like. Something feels a little off. And then he's talking to his mom and he's like, hey, I'm Spider-Man. And she's like, who's that? Is that like one of your comic book characters? And he's like, what? Like, it's the superhero. And then all of a sudden, Uncle Aaron walks in and he's like, wait, something's really not right. And he realizes that he has been transported to the universe of the spider that bit him. Yep. And so he is not back home. He is in a totally different universe where his father has died instead of his uncle. And now yeah. that version of Miles, instead of becoming Spider-Man like he was supposed to, he's become the Prowler. Yeah, yeah. And and I thought that was great because they set that up so perfectly in the first Spider-Man movie where it's shown that arguably Miles has, if not a if not a stronger bond, a more a, an easier understanding with his uncle than his dad. And so you could totally see in another yeah. reality, literally or figuratively, where Miles lost his dad, he might go down a similar path to his uncle. Yeah, and I thought that was so yeah. perfect to bring that full circle here. Um, no, it, it was it was a, it was a great twist, and it totally is in line with the character and what they've set up before. It was perfect, man. And there, there's so many things I want to hit on here. First of all, I didn't notice until I think I honestly saw it in like a YouTube clip or something the other day, but like. I knew something seemed off to me too in that scene where he's talking to his mom. And what I realized is that they simultaneously show us Gwen appearing to peer through Miles's window. But when it shows Miles, she's nowhere to be found. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's because she was in the wrong universe. She was looking in the wrong window. Yep. It was just like genius. I just thought like, I love a good plot twist and I truly did not see that one coming. Like, did you see it coming? I, cause I, I definitely didn't No, I mean, so the only thing I knew going into this movie is I knew it was going to end on a cliffhanger, but I had no idea what that was, what it would be. Yeah. And so yeah. eventually when like the mom was like, I don't know who Spider-Man is. Really t- I'm yeah. like, Oh, something about the wrong universe. Yeah. Yeah, but I, but I still didn't quite pick up on like the the oh it's the alternate version of Miles that was supposed to get bitten who's now proud like that whole right, thing was right. totally new to me. Yeah, um, came out of left field. No, and it, it it's great and it's it's such an interesting place to leave him for the next one. But uh, yeah, I I think so too. So th- these are the other things I want to hit on is that um I love the scene of him revealing that he's Spider Man to his mom. I love it so much because he is so conflicted. Yeah. And you can just see the pain that he's going through. Like this is, you know, we see Gwen telling her her dad that she's Spider-Woman at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it goes poorly. It goes actually horribly. Mm-hmm. And so you have this tension already knowing of how poorly it can go. And then you're just, but I found myself rooting so hard for miles just do it man like just tell her because i because we know we know that like rio and um and and jefferson miles's parents are like they're good parents we Mm -hmm. know we know that we know that they're safe parents that we could trust so i'm like i'm sitting there rooting for him to just do it already man just do it and then the fact that he actually does it i i i felt like that brought like his story to a bookend in this movie of being like can i can I trust other people 
can I trust my parents? Can I trust my parents with this sensitive information about myself and, and maybe lean on them to get through this part of my life? And then the crushing realization that it doesn't matter because that's not his real mom. It's just brutal, man. It's absolutely brutal. And then the other thing is, I was saying earlier, like I love how this movie challenges the the archetype of who Spider-Man is. Like, can Spider-Man actually be Spider-Man and not lose his loved ones? Mm-hmm. But then my and this will be this is be to be continued for part three. He is he's gonna have to face that the universe that doesn't have him as Spider-Man is total chaos. Mm-hmm. You see the the buildings on fire, his dad is gone, he is living uh at like basically a villain uh in this universe. So like it's like what's true then? Is it true that you can do basically whatever you want to save your family and still be Spider-Man or is it true that every universe must have a Spider-Man? And they must suffer. So mm. I, I don't know, man. I freaking love it. I just yeah. I love that idea. No, um, it's, it's really good. Um, and then we also get we you know the wrap up or not the wrap up, but a confrontation between Gwen and her dad. That's that's yes, also great. Yes. Oh, I forgot about the scene. Yeah, talk talk about that. Where yeah, she go she goes home finally, and like you know, like he's like, "Where have you been?" And she's like, "Oh, murdering my friends." Like a typical moody teenager thing to say, yeah. although <laughs> dark, but still very yeah. like on par. Um, and and he reveals like actually i'm gonna quit being a police captain and so that that opens the spark for her of being like oh my gosh like he does love me more than his job and also maybe the canon events don't have to be a thing because it's like they've been sort of operating under the assumption of like either they die or you save them and like the world gets messed up but it's like what if the what if they voluntarily choose not to be a yeah. captain anymore what does yeah. that mean yeah. um and and that spurs her on to to you know reassemble the team of spider people we met from the first movie um that we didn't get a whole lot of in this movie and to go look for miles which i thought is great because her whole thing is like i don't yes. really do friends anymore yes and now she's like no the only way to save miles is to get all of our friends together to go get him like and i'm just like ah so it's good awesome it's a great I, place to leave her for this movie yes um, yes no it, it's just, it's so good yeah i i loved it man because like one i just a quick like aesthetic note is every scene with Gwen and her father talking is like is 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 a background of these like watercolor paintbrush strokes that are just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like I I found those scenes to be the mo- like some of the most visually appealing in the whole movie because it's so different than everything else. Like everything else is loud and chaotic and and flashy and then those scenes are just like so calming and emotionally charged at the same time and I loved it. Um, thought that was a really cool choice. Her uh, grabbing the gang of spider people at the end of this movie was awesome mm-hmm. because I, to me, that like if she, if we're saying she's the co-protagonist of this movie, I felt like Gwen for sure. Gwen's art came to a close in this movie because she, like, it's going to continue obviously in the third one, but like there is a clear start to finish of like she doesn't trust people to. I know who like I know who I am. I know who my family are. I know who my friends are. 
and I'm choosing to put my trust in them, not in this Miguel O'Hara dude, not mm-hmm. in Jessica Drew, not in this spider society. Like I, I feel confident. Like in the beginning, she doesn't want to join the band. And at the end, she's found the band. And it's mm-hmm. and it's freaking Spider Ham and Spider Noir and all yes. of our friends. And I just can't freaking wait, man. I can't wait. I th- this scene truly did. I, I heard this somewhere on one other podcast. I but like th- this was my thought as I was watching it. This is um this is Gandalf coming in helms deep like that this is that gwen is rallying the troops to enter into miles universe that that's what it is man it mm. just is a cool little parallel i i i felt like uh what a what a cool way to end it off to me but yeah and so now i feel like we got we got to talk about the fact that this movie ends basically yes. here and that it's a cliffhanger because this is this is my problem Go ahead. I, I was waiting for it. Like, go ahead and clear out. I want to hear. I want to hear your qualms. So, so I want to be. I want to be clear about this up front, though. Too. I'm not normally one of these people. Like, you know, there were all the people when Infinity War came out. There was like Infinity Wars Part One, isn't it? Like, and, and Endgame's Part. And I'm like, my respectfully, no. Like Infinity yeah. War, the dramatic question is: Will Thanos get the Infinity Stones? And does the snap happen? If neither of those things happened in Infinity War and then it was Endgame, I'd agree with you. Yeah. But the fact yeah. that both those things happened, Matt put it best where it's like the status quo has changed by the end of Infinity War and it could theoretically, even though we know that it wasn't going to last forever, it could stay that way for a while. And it did in Endgame, right? Because it's the five-year time jump. Yes, yes, my, that's true. My, my problem with this movie is the, the movie basically, I would contend, it basically ends... Not not at like halfway, not at the end of a journey. It basically ends right before the third act would start because it's like Miles is tied up, the spot's yeah. about to begin his attack, and then the movie just stops. And I'm like, for for me, at, at the risk of sounding arrogant, of like I could, I you know, I could do better work than Lord and Miller <laughs> writing this thing. If you wanted to end it more at like a shocking thing, but that feels like a finish of Miles's arc, finish it when it's revealed that he's the original anomaly, mm. and like yeah. you know, and maybe have him escape from the spider spider society, and then that's it. I feel like right now, I'm sure, I'm sure that they have something cooked for this third movie that's going to be oh, great. Yeah. But yeah. right now, I'm like. So is all that's going to happen in a third movie that's theoretically going to be close to two hours or more that they find Miles and then they beat up the spot and then they confront Miguel like those those three things just need to happen in rapid succession and then the move the move like I'm like that's that's forty five minutes to an hour I don't see currently how they're going to extrapolate a two hour narrative out of this movie and for me that just means that it's it's part one of a two part story it does not it does not fully stand on its own two legs for me okay. Hey, that's fair. So, how does that? How much does that affect your perception of the movie? Not, not a ton. It's it's more of the thing of it's like if Beyond the Spider Verse is great, I'll be able to view the two halves as like as like one giant thing, and this whole thing is awesome. Like, okay, but if but if Beyond the Spider Verse is like bad or it's very different i'm i'm gonna be like then why did we spend so much time like if, if beyond the spider-verse is over long right and we're like yeah they, yeah they tried to do too much and squeeze too many plots i'm like oh if only we didn't spend so much time on the cameos and across the spider-verse and we could have set up these plot points better for beyond yeah you know, that, like that's more what i'm what i'm yeah, worried about right now I, currently I yeah no i'm running through my head and you that's a good point like it's gotta feel worth it yes it's gotta feel worth it in part three um and i as i'm running through my head i you you're right that they have to be careful about how they pace the third movie um because i think 
you know, you, we talked about Infinity War and Endgame just now. What what's so great about those movies is that it ends on a cliffhanger, but Endgame gives you so much time to dwell in the in the like aftermath of mm-hmm. Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas I feel like this movie has to pick up right where we left off with Miles yep. tied to that boxing bag, and that's my problem. As I'm like the movie, the movie is literally going to have to hit pause and then pick up exactly where we left off. Whereas Endgame could jump and actually be like, exactly. It's like Captain America's running a support group for people yeah, affected yeah. by the snap. And I'm just like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel the same. And, he, and even Dune, I know a lot of people said that about Dune, but I was like, for me, Paul's wondering that whole first movie, you know, what are these dreams about? Am I, am yeah. I going to be the successor to my kingdom? What does it mean being in my homeland? But he ends that movie being like, oh no, man, you are presumed dead and exiled from everything you knew. And yeah. you have to adjust to this whole new way of life. So that dramatic questions have been answered the status quo has been changed. And so time has passed and he can sit with that. It's not like it's like, oh, Paul's tied up in a spaceship somewhere or like earlier in Dune 1. And it's like the, the next movie has to pick up with him tied up in that spaceship. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see, I see what you're saying for sure. For sure. I... I'm curious. Did you? Did Emily and Matt have the have similar reactions yeah, to it? They they thought they were like that. We all just said like it's not it's not bad. This movie yeah. is great, but yeah. like we're like you. I don't think you can view it as a whole piece. I think you can. Yeah. You can only view it as part one. I re- I really do. That's fair. I think that's a very fair critique. Critique. I do think that. I I don't know. To me, I I still feel I. This is more. This is way more part one than Infinity War, and I also think you're you're onto something with Dune as well. Um, I still though, I I think these creators have more than maybe we expect. Mm-hmm. I think they I think they may have more of a story to tell than we expect. Because totally could be possible. I I'll really admit that right here, right now. Like, and it's fair. Like we don't know. So like all we can do is judge what we've seen. You know, all we can do is judge what we've seen. So your points are valid. I am holding out hope that the like like here's here's a scenario I could see. The third movie, we get a ton more Miguel O'Hara. Like we get we get a lot more Spider-Man 2099 and it's not just him chasing down Miles, like we learn more about him beyond the quick little backstory we got in this movie. Um because he's got to be the ultimate protagonist or a- antagonist rather, I'm sorry. Um the spot if the spot ends up being the main villain at the end, like that's going to be underwhelming that because mm-hmm. we just don't care about him as, as much as we need to, you know? Um, so I think, I think there is a ton of weight. There is a ton of weight resting on part three to be spectacular. Like it's got to land the plane and make all of this worth it. I, I told, I definitely agree with you there. Um, well, that is the end of the movie. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if I have any last big, big thoughts. Again, right. I, I don't I don't want the last thing to be like kind of that really critique. Like, to be clear, I really, really <laughs> liked this movie. And also, this yeah. movie had the unfair bar of sort of like Glass Onion did for the fir- compared to the first Knives Out, where it's like, I consider Into the Spider-Verse to be practically perfect. So it's probably yep. like, yep. there's no way this movie, no matter how good it is, could have probably lived up to that level of expectation in my mind um the animation is great if not a tad overwhelming sometimes i still applaud that they're pushing animation in brand new directions i've genuinely never seen before there's one scene 
um animated by a 14 year old kid the lego set yes yes um that that's which we didn't mention the lego scene that was a freaking awesome moment <laughs> great little like 30 second thing especially like with the boop 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 like when the yeah. watch is going off like so yes. great um the entire voice cast is stellar again miles's mom and Haley steinfeld really stood out to me daniel kaluuya everything out of his mouth is hilarious um yeah the music is great um the emotional beats even though i do think this is part one there were emotional beats that totally landed with me. It's just, I can't help but hitting the feel, the feeling that we just hit pause on a five hour movie instead of finishing a two and a half hour one. I agree with everything you just said, uh, for the most part, like I, the, this movie was, I, you know, we, something we talked about on this podcast as we were like anticipating what was coming out this year is like, we're excited, but we're nervous excited for this movie to come out because you, like you said, the first movie is practically perfect. How could this ever live up to the hype? And I've never, like, I truly, like, other than Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I saw a movie that had this much hype heaped upon it in terms of, like, quality. Not, not in terms of, like, box office revenue or anything like that, but, like, this movie should be really high quality and it actually live up to the hype yes. in my like regardless of you know how good it is to you like this movie in my opinion was no, no nothing close to a letdown from what we were expecting absolutely 100 percent agree this movie is great despite the some of the things i've said like yeah. for sure 100 percent. so I, I just i think that like that really uh means a lot for for this movie as well animation soundtrack score all of it's incredible voice acting all of it's incredible i i love the layers that this movie gives us it is not like again i I like you look out across the spider-man movies and we did our bracket about them this this uh week like you look out across them i it is hard to find a movie that gives as much character work to different characters as this movie does like this movie is not just a miles morales part two this is gwen stacy this is miles's parents um we get uh i i mean we even we even like get a little bit with peter b parker you know like i i I just think i think this movie is juggling a lot and it basically juggles it all and 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 does and moves people forward so i i just i love how much uh how much characters got to grow in this movie so um i i feel like we can go ahead and give our grades out for this movie mm-hmm. um i'm gonna I'm hit up uh so so joseph was not able to podcast with us tonight but he also saw the movie last night and in texting with him, he said, if y'all do grades at the end, put my grade in. So Joseph is giving Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse an A minus. Which, yeah, we'll see how that stacks up to ours. Trent, would you like to give this movie a grade? I'm 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 gonna also stick with the A minus, you know. Uh, if, if, okay. If Into okay. the Spider Verse is in that S tier, which I, which I do think it is, and we can go from A to A plus to S tier. I I think, you know, everything grade that I just said deserves to be counted. But but yeah, there there's some of that that pacing stuff and 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 the way that it the place that it chooses to leave the cliffhanger. I think is more how I should say what I'm yeah. what I'm feeling. 
the place yeah. they choose to cliffhanger it um holds it back just just a little bit but it's still exceptional work um and and easily easily like a top three of the mo- year uh, movie of the year so far like um, period not just what we've watched correct, correct on the podcast yeah of the like 15 i think around ish movies i've seen this year yeah. yes top three um all right man hey that's big that's high praise that's extremely high praise all right i've been debating this for two weeks because it's been that long, or almost two weeks. It's been that long since I've seen it. I'm giving Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse an S. I am, I am putting it in the S tier. I, I, I feel, I feel it in my soul. I've thought about this for a long time. If we did, obviously this podcast went around when it came out. But if it was, I would have given Into the Spider-Verse an S. Absolutely, hands down, it is in the S tier is this movie as good as into the spider-verse to me no but it is not by that much in my opinion i think i think this movie has not only is it a quality story with amazing animation it was it was culturally huge i saw this movie on a sunday night opening weekend and it was the most packed theater i've been in since no way home um which is crazy like that that's not even opening day um i actually think the cliffhanger is going to stick with me in a positive way because i'm like dang they had the they had the balls to do that they had the balls to to make us sit through a crazy plot twist and emotional moment and then say we'll be back you're gonna have to sit on that and wait um that's just my that's just my like what lands with me it mm-hmm. may not uh it's not the same for everybody but personally it landed with me in a spectacular way so i am giving this movie an s tier grade so yeah there you have it that's spider-man across the spider-verse i, th- I think we hit on everything big I'm- i think so too I, if we miss something man this movie had a lot so you know like Bear with us, because there was there's a lot to freaking cover in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, okay, before we roll out of here, I promised this at the beginning. Trent, we 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 have the final results of our bracket in. Um, again, the final uh, for the best Spider-Man movie of all time came down to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse versus uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Trent, what like? You know, as you've been following the bracket, there anything you would have done differently? Mm. There, there is, or like, what, what's top, top of the charts in your heart? I mean, I, I have a soft spot for that first Toby movie, man, just because. Oh, the first one, okay. The, I, I think arguably, it, it is the perfect superhero origin story movie. I, I really Ooh, like, okay. like, like Into the Spider Verse is also in that conversation. Um, sure, sure. Um, but, I, but I really think it's those two. And like maybe the first Iron Man and you yep. know, maybe Batman begins, but it's like, it, it's mm. like that it's the part of that crop. Um, so, so I would have liked to have seen that first Toby partly for nostalgia reasons go further, but, but I gotta say these two in the finals, if I, if you had to make me narrow it down to top two, yeah, 99% of the time, depending on my mood, I, but like nine times out of 10, these are the two that I would nail it down to. So, the, so Spider-Man and into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Really? Even though, all right, I just I'm just curious because I've seen your MCU rankings. Oh, I'm sorry. And... No, I'm talking No Way Home. The like, cause, yeah. Oh, no... oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, the two that we have are the two that you would put. Correct. In the front. Correct. Okay, correct. Okay. Okay. Correct. Sorry. My bad. Sorry. My I should have clarified that. 
Nah, I miss, I miss, I miss that. That's on me. All right, okay, that makes sense. So I actually, you know, you heard my grade just now. I, I would have had the two animated movies in the final. I just think they're, they're head and shoulders above the rest, in my opinion. Totally um, valid. As, as much as I love No Way Home, you know, I haven't seen the Tobey Maguire movies in a long time, though. Dude, they, they got added to Disney Plus. You gotta. They did. I can go watch them whenever. I did watch Spider Man Two before watching No Way Home, and um, and that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a that's a really good that that it has some truly iconic Spider Man moments. Mm-hmm. The 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 scene of Toby stopping the train is just like. Oh, I mean, if we're talking individual scenes. That might still be the best one. It might, man. It's such a good scene, man. It's such a good scene. But all right, I'm not gonna make y'all wait any longer. <laughs> Drum roll, please. And the winner of our bracket for the best Spider-Man movie of all time goes to Spider-Man No Way Home. Wow. <laughs> Woo! Congratulations to everyone that voted No Way Home. Trent, I know you're probably feeling happy right now. I'm feeling good, although I do wonder if part of that's still just the the hype of seeing all three of them on screen together. Like, if you hold that poll in 10 years, yeah, I feel like Into the Spider-Verse is still held up as, like, one of the best. And But I, I could see people in 10 years being like, man, like, that was a great event. Like, No Way Home, I mean. That was a great event to experience, but, like, yes. that, that was the main event. I, I could see that vote easily going another way. Like, yep. people being like, nah. But, but, but no, I'm the you know those are two of my I would say definitely in the top three Spider-Man movies for me. So yeah, I would have been happy either way. But but yeah, I think you're right, man. I think it, like that that is the last. That's probably the last time people really like saw a movie in the theaters and felt genuinely like charged, like 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 they they were watching some they were watching an event like you said it that was the last time i think we got a movie that was like that yeah definitely since definitely since endgame for sure yeah 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 i i I think that that movie's that movie's cultural impact is is wild Mm -hmm. i i mean that it's good i i think that that it gives that those two spider-man popping up in cameo and that movie give this movie the the cred that it that it has so it's 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 a great movie Spider-Man No Way Home, where we're, the stinger has declared it is the greatest Spider-Man movie of all time. So, well, Trent, I think that's going to do it. I think Thanks that's going to so, do man. it for today's episode, man. This yeah. was an absolute blast, and was. I adored it. I cannot wait to to revisit all this, you know, once Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out. May, if, Beyond yes. is, if Beyond's good enough, we'll probably have to run the poll all over again. And, and I think so. I and think may, so. And make, and make people choose between those three, because like you said, if, if three closes out strongly, th- this is in the running for like best trilogy conversation so i think i think so yeah oh i can't wait man let's hope it doesn't get delayed <laughs> all the delays that are happening please, in Hollywood. please pay your writers please you know <laughs> yes, let, let, please let, pay the writers let, let's get everything working and uh getting it getting everything done but obviously you know the product being good matters more than anything else so exactly lord miller and team take all the time you need you know make sure delay it's finally tuned delay if you have to but pay the writers please um all right Trent, it's been a blast. We will be back talking something that I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast very soon. And uh, thank you all for listening.